Welcome to City Limits. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ann. Ann, we're back. Uh, I, I know people want to us to address a lot of issues, but we're going to address one issue, mm-hmm. a very serious issue that's happened in the last week, yeah. week and a half in Quincy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to devote that sh- this show to that. Right. And then we'll get back to... Maybe Many other issues. <laughs> other issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. the next show. Mm-hmm. So everybody probably knows what we're going to talk about. It's the unrest in the schools, mm-hmm. the racial incidents. And I'll, I'll go through the timeline. I think that's probably the best place to start. Yeah, because a lot of people don't really understand what happened. So I think really, you know, anchoring people would be the best. Right. So the first incident happened, I think, Tuesday on the 2nd. North Quincy and Quincy students sharing video and audio files containing sexual harassment and hate speech on social media. These files were targeted at adults and students. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one happened last Tuesday, the 9th. Quincy high school students received a 25-second cell phone video where a white high school student uses a racial epithet while expressing hatred of black people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is a good good time to go through the Video recap because we have seen the video. Mm-hmm. We've seen the, the that video done by the child basically when he was in seventh grade, and then the the video of the fight afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so in the video, it's a a kid is pretty much his head and shoulders, and there's there's dramatic music behind behind it, um, and he goes on. He says the n word multiple times. Says how much he hates uh, black people, and he wants to remind them of the times when they were whipped and raped. Says you know he hates them again. Says something about segregation and drinking from separate water water fountains. Again, this was made when he was in seventh grade, so it's hard to watch. But then we saw the video of the fight also, which is hard to watch also. So, um, so that happened, and then. The video was circulated by someone, someone else, who added the words, don't let me catch you out on the streets, along with a first name. Mm -hmm. And then dismissal on Wednesday, a student, African-American student, confronted the creator of the video, who's now in ninth grade, Mm -hmm. and a physical altercation ensued. Mm -hmm. The video of that fight was also distributed and it was all over the news, too. It was, it was all over the news. And and then, so Thursday was Veterans Day. School was off. And then on Friday, I think you said maybe there were rumors that they were going to walk out. There were supposed to be rumors that they're going to walk out. I think they heard it on Wednesday. Um, Principal Tagliari mentioned it. But, you know, they didn't have any validation other than on Friday they did walk out. Right. Mm-hmm. But students had organized a walkout mm-hmm. because this was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about things kids said and administrators said after this timeline. And then, so they all walked out. They marched to North Quincy. Mm -hmm. And then on the same day at three o'clock, right, there was a Mm -hmm. parent. There was a, the administration, the school administration, Superintendent Maldi had a parent webinar on Friday at three o'clock. And you attended that. Yep. And it was, um, parents could come, but you couldn't actually talk. You could chat, send chat messages. So you couldn't see other parents that were there or what other parents were saying. But you, they kind of, they kind of, um, they were speaking to people, but they didn't go over the timeline and they didn't go over the actual video. Right. And then they said there would be a, 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 a follow up, a meeting on Monday night with the parents in person. Yep. And then 
a letter went out on Saturday, I believe, mm -hmm. saying that another incident video mm -hmm. was unearthed. Um, this one was Point Webster Middle School. Mm -hmm. Three eighth graders made a video that contained racist language. Mm -hmm. This was made on a on one of the school computers that I read. And then Monday they came back. The letter that went out on Saturday told the kids not to leave the school. Yeah, and they weren't going to let the, the middle school kids and Point Webster starts in fifth grade um, do a walkout that they would they would um, address it in house and yeah. talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then Monday came along, and then Monday night, of course, they met with the the parents. Yep. So that's pretty much the timeline, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why don't we talk about we talked about the video. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about the the video was made a year and a half or two years before when the student was in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. Now the student's in ninth grade. I think he regrets it too. I mean, yeah, and and you know, but it's it's clear, clearly you can understand why it outraged mm -hmm. a lot of people. Everybody that saw it should be outraged. Right. Okay, so like I said, let's let's talk about some of these the quotes and some of the things that people said, mm -hmm. and we'll talk about it on the other side. Kind of this first quote is from uh, Zybria Barber. A senior who helped organize the walkout said students are frustrated by seeing classmates use racist, anti-LGBTQ, and sexually inappropriate language with seeming impunity. We felt like we needed to do this because there is an extreme lack of accountability and consequences in the basic culture of Quincy High School, she said. A lot of ignorant kids can get away with saying any offensive words and terms. They can just say whatever they want to say, and they'll just simply get away with it. If anything, they'll get a slap on the wrist. When students report the behavior, teachers and administrators treat it like it's an actual problem. But those responsible rarely face serious consequences. And sometimes the student who made the report is punished, Barbara said. They usually get detention, she said. Either that or we just aren't listened to. Mm -hmm. That's disturbing that they're getting in trouble for reporting things. Barbara said she wants to see proper punishment towards those who just say whatever they want to say and are so used to getting away with it. Many students feel school administrators aren't taking their concerns seriously enough, she said. We just want to be heard, she said. Okay, this next quote is from Superintendent Mulvey. Um, if you saw the coverage on Friday, you saw, saw him out, the superintendent out, in a circle of students with Mark Appeal, and they were uh, taking questions, or not taking questions, but the, the students were basically, you know, yelling their yelling their concerns at them. Mm -hmm. And good for him for being there, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah, he went right out into it. And, yeah. and, you know, I think he was, I think he was, you know, honestly, it was bothersome to them all. I mean, they've yeah. been working. They know that there's problems. Yeah. Um, he said, I want to begin today by first thanking the students and staff of Quincy High School for protesting peacefully, Molly mm -hmm. said during the Friday Zoom session. Our students have legitimate concerns with regard to racism and climate and culture at Quincy High School. We want to acknowledge that. We want to thank them for expressing that today and for doing it peacefully. Mm -hmm. We want to say other couple of things. Mulvey said school officials have reached out to nonprofits with expertise in navigating equity issues to help school staffers work through the recent traumatic events with students. Mm -hmm. The goal here is to work collaboratively. Mulvey said collaboratively together with all our stakeholders, our parents, our students, our staff, our administrators, our clinician partners, in a collective goal of doing our very best for the community, our students, our families, 
in addressing racism and climate and culture within our buildings and community in general. Mm -hmm. And then from the ledger, it's just another couple quotes on their coverage of Friday. This is a quote from a student, Heba Lofty. Uh, we need a change in the school. There's no change. We don't feel safe in our own school. And then another student, there are a lot of people out here who have been ra really disproportionately affected by the way the school handles our situation, said Justin Chan, a senior who helped organize the walkout. And then another student, Bastian Trevison, a senior at the school, said Quincy High wasn't taking enough precautions to make queer students and students of color feel safe. We come to them and, and they give excuse after excuse why they can't take the actions we need, Trevison said. Here's another quote from uh, Zybria Barber, a senior who said she is African-American, said she hoped the walkout would be enough to turn heads. Barber said students make reports of misconduct and they go nowhere. We're out here because the staff and students at Quincy High can have very racist, homophobic, and transphobic tendencies, and a lot of people of color feel very unheard and left out, Barbara said. We're out here to bring awareness to that. And then Mulvey, Superintendent Mulvey, Quincy High School Vice Principal Ellen Maria Mara Papil, the director of the district support services, were at the scene first. The student chanted for Taglieri to appear, and he later made his way to the group. Mm -hmm. Some students called for the principal's ouster and said some of the school's faculty members were prejudiced. I'm sorry for what you've been through, Tagliari said. It's going to be a process, a long process, and things that we've done are not enough. It's unfortunate because it seems like it really came to a head um, because of these videos and because of what's happening. But there's been, it sounds like there's been a lot of issues that have been going on and, and just simmering. And, you know, it, it boils over at a certain point. And that's kind of what the outcome of this is. It sounds like there's a lot of pain. Right. So that's the 12th. And then on November 15th, mm -hmm. Monday, the mayor finally um, mm -hmm. chimed in. Yeah. So up until this point, the mayor hasn't chimed in. And um, this isn't something that's new. So when we talk about social injustice, we had a forum in the city council when we were looking to hire somebody to help us navigate these issues. Um, and there was over 100 people in the community that came out and spoke. And they, the administration didn't listen to them either. So this is, you know, something that happened last week and on Monday, the mayor finally gave his comment. Yep. In an interview Monday afternoon, Quincy Mayor Thomas Koch, who serves as the chair of the school committee, called Friday's walkout unproductive. Mm -hmm. He said he respects the students in their position, but it's time to get to work combating any issues of racism in the schools. That's really hard. And like I just said, we had 100 people in our community come out at a, at a council meeting and tell him, the administration or leaders of our city, that we have problems. And he said that we don't have problems. Um, right. We've been dealing with diversity for, for 25 years, and we do it a great job. Yeah. And in this particular case, the students hit their boiling point and in, in a peaceful way went out and, right. and brought up the issues that they have. And he calls it unproductive. He calls it unproductive and then says we need to get to work on in solving the problems. Yeah. You can't solve the problems if you're not willing to recognize there is one. That's the biggest problem. I'd say it wasn't unproductive. No, I I'd would say good for them. They they got their they got people's attention. Yeah. And it's an issue that's being uh, talked about not just in Quincy but in other communities now and and, and maybe now uh, administrators and, and the administration mm -hmm. will take take this issue somewhat seriously. I think the reality of all of this is that there's pain and there's problems that are happening. 
And we had COVID. These kids were working remotely at home and didn't have anybody to really help guide them through maybe some of the issues that they were having. And then they all came back into the schools this past September. And it's it's popping up in a lot of different places from elementary, middle, and high school. And we do have issues. And unfortunately, I think the administration needs help, meaning the, the school administration needs help and guidance. And, and, and Superintendent Mulvey is saying that. Right. You know, and, you know, we need the head of the schools to actually recognize that too. It starts at the top. It does. Um, it's a tone that's set. Yep. He went on to say, and this is a, a sort of a theme whenever I listen to him, I think the vast majority of our kids do the right thing every day. Mm-hmm. Then there are a percentage, or he likes to say a handful, that mm-hmm. have some challenges. He did go on to say, when I see this kind of hate speech, I ask, is it mental illness? Is it ignorance or is it just pure evil? I think with the ages of these kids, it's ignorance. They don't understand the far-reaching implications their actions have, and it's up to to us to help them understand. Mm -hmm. Koch added that hate speech, racial, racial slurs, whatever it may be, we aren't going to tolerate it. And then he went on to say, I think the culture in our school is very positive overall. Yeah. So the fact that we're not going to tolerate it, but we're not listening to find out what they are. We're not going to talk about it either. And we're not going to talk about it means we're not going to solve it. And those are just words. And, you know, yes, I think we can all say that ignorance plays a part. But to solve that ignorance, we have to actually talk and listen so that we can be educated on how we're going to approach the solution. So then later, 15th, of course, um, was the meeting with the parents. Mm-hmm. And the Globe and the and the Ledger did do a story on it. They weren't allowed in, though. The, the they weren't. They were not allowed in. Mm-hmm. Reporters, including those from the Patriot Ledger, were denied entry to the meeting. But I'll read some some quotes from from both of these articles, mm-hmm. uh, just so so people at home can get an idea of you know maybe what it was like there and what people came out thinking. Yeah. As parents and students accuse Quincy Public School administrators of failing to address long simmering racial racial tensions. The district superintendent said two high school students whose bigoted recording sparked the outcry will face significant discipline. There's a quote from, from a parent, Kate Campbell. It's not about punishment and consequences. The leadership has to make a commitment to understand the students, said Kate Campbell, a mother of two Quincy High School students and the co-chair of the city's parent-teacher organization. It will be so disheartening to the students if nothing changes after this. Yeah. And I can't agree with Kate more because, you know, punishment is all it's going to do is push the same type of intolerant kind of conversations down. It doesn't doesn't make it to the root of it. It doesn't stop it. It just hides it. But actual conversations and listening and learning about how we can do it differently and how we can communicate those things and how we can bring those problems up solves it. It doesn't fix it completely, but it does solve some of it, and you have to continually work at it. Yep. And this is from a former student, Maya Correa. Um, why is it that I graduated four years ago and this is still a problem? Mm-hmm. We recalled school forums about racism being filled with mostly students of color. We can talk about it ourselves all we want, but the demographic that was generally inflicting this pain, you need to be in attendance. You need to listen. Mm-hmm. Again, I think the thing that's being missed here is that it's a learning opportunity. And um, it can change. It can change the way you look at something if you listen to how our words can make other people feel. Right. And we often say that to our kids when they're small, but we forget to remind each other of that when we're older. Yeah. And this is from another parent. It was it was very emotional to hear the students' demands. They're not being heard," said Terry Rodriguez, a parent of a Quincy High School student who went to the meeting. 
I was so glad that the kids protested and got some action moving. I'm here to take on that momentum. Mm -hmm. And then John Affleck, the parent of two students at Quincy High School, said he went to the meeting Monday night to hear the district's response to the racist videos surfacing. Mm -hmm. I think anybody would be upset by the content of that video. And I just kind of described it. And mm -hmm. I think can't think that there's anybody who would disagree that that's not upsetting mm -hmm. or in, it would inflame people. I'm interested in what the schools intends to do to try and educate the students better about some of these topics. And then there's this quote from a, a teacher, which is kind of enlightening, not enlightening, but... Um, I think it's disheartening. <laughs> disheartening, yeah. Uh, Jessica Amira, a language teacher at Quincy High School for the past 10 years, said that teachers have tried to put initiatives forward to address issues of racism before and have been stymied by the administration. That's... Yeah. Um, she went on to say, I think that students don't feel safe here, especially students of color, Amira said. They really feel like they are discriminated against by the administration. Amira said she has faced issues of sexist language herself. She said when, when students support report issues of racism, they feel it falls on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. So th th It's problematic all the way around. But, you know, in, I know some of the students even said that, you know, we don't have teachers that represent us. And we don't we do that throughout the whole city of Quincy from, you know, we, we, we have to have people who represent the people who live here. Right. And it's it's it goes all the way across the board. And when a teacher has a problem and, and they're not being heard, that they yeah. have big problems. <laughs> and a parent, Isabel Lamas, said just what you said. We mm -hmm. need to have more representation in the curriculum, Lamas said. Also hiring more diverse staff so that there's someone that understands you and struggles you're going through. Well, just imagine that if you're going through something and you're not sure how to articulate it and you want to talk to somebody to understand whether or not your feelings are, you should be able to validate those feelings and not feel like you are. And then having somebody tell you that they're not valid. Right. And feeling left out or, or lost. Because yeah. that's what students feel like when they can't, when they get that, when they're not heard. And then it raises up other problems. These are real opportunities. And that's what we're missing that we can actually help solve the problems with our students here in Quincy. And there's just a couple of quotes about the, the, the school administration. At the community meeting Monday night, tensions boiled over as parents shouted questions at Mulvey and Quincy High School principal Lawrence Taglieri. Taglieri said he believed there are two problems, one of overt racism like the video, mm -hmm. which we deal with those very well and straight on. But I understand the microaggressions and all those other pieces that go on that aren't being addressed. Students of color are saying, you guys don't do a good job, a woman shouted from the audience. I don't think every student every student of color feels that way, Daglieri replied. Even if there's one student of color saying it's a problem, it's a problem, the parents said. Yeah. And that's where, that's where it really, was really difficult. From what I understand, because I was not able to attend the meeting because I was chairing an ordinance meeting for council and we had the council meeting. Um, when the parents got to the meeting, I believe it started at five o'clock. They were provided a ticket and they went into the schools and they broke out into small, small working groups. And in those working groups, they had facilitators made up of parents, teachers, or administration that would help guide the conversation. And many of them were just sharing stories about their students or the parents were sharing stories of what was happening in the schools. And um, some were very frustrated because they didn't have the context of the video. So they were hoping that that video or information would have been shared to kind of ground what the issues were because they were lost in the the shuffle of the of not having seen that. So having maybe just the context of the 
video written out for them would have been helpful. But really the conversations were heartbreaking from what I understand from some several people who did share those things with me. And, and the conversations sh that they shared were things like um, their students were afraid to use the boys' room or the girls' room, that they were afraid to go into the girls' room. The other things that they were saying were racial slurs were being said in the hallway, sexual um, sexual comments and harassments are happening within the hallways. And then when they report those things, they're falling on deaf ears. And, um, you know, it, there was a lot of fight that fights were breaking out, that things are happening and that they don't have in Quincy High School. What I found interesting is they don't have uh, female security in Quincy High School. So if there is something happening in the bathroom, they have to get a teacher to go in to actually deal with it. Those are things that we can, those yeah. things, those are some of those things are quick fixes that you can fix in within the, within the schools, but really the conversation, the microaggressions that are happening, those are happening every day. So, and, and, you know, those are the things that have to be really addressed quickly and, um, assertively. I know in a school committee meeting, I think last week, mm -hmm. um, school committee woman, Perdios and Emily Lebo mm -hmm. both said that security has to move away from the front door and, and get within the school and, mm -hmm. It's not all going to happen at the front door. Well, from what I understand, they kind of have them just in those areas. They don't have them kind of walking the halls. and Because yeah. um, maybe there might be instances that they would see. I don't know why they don't, but that does have to change. I mean, there's a lot of things quickly that could change if they wanted to. Right. But, you know, the bigger problem is, is and I think Superintendent Malvi is saying, is that they, 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 they need help. <laughs> yeah, I have a quote from him. Mm -hmm. um, Parents also asked what students were demanding of administrators and when administrators would implement those changes. Malvi said he would implement the reforms in upcoming months, prompting a parent to shout, not months, weeks. And another one said, it needs to happen now. Yeah. Um, and then earlier in the day, Superintendent Malvi said, administrators are seeking to address the root causes of the bias by meeting with parents and students about their concerns, having an outside group hold restorative justice discussions with students, mm -hmm. and hiring an organization that specializes in addressing racism in schools. The district will also respond to an independent report on Quincy's school climate that is expected in the next two weeks. Yeah, you, have, you have some information yeah. on that, maybe? So they hired a corporation called Visions, and I guess they hired them several years ago, and they were dealing with things in the middle school and in different areas. And they, they did a re, like a, re, a survey of the school and coming back with a report, and they've been waiting for that report for, I want to say, over a year. And it got um, highlighted on Wednesday night school committee meeting. And they basically said that it sounds like it's a small organization and they, they had COVID and they're going to get it to them in the next two weeks. But the unfortunate timing is that it's boiled over now. Yeah. So waiting for that and the information from that is key and critical. But I do believe that there's going to, there's going to have to be more meetings. And I know that the school committee was talking about having an open forum similar to what we did on the council where you could let parents come up and actually talk, not write letters in because their letters, even if they do get read in, they're it's not, not, the same it's not the same thing. And, you know, being able to share those stories and hear them, reading somebody's letter and listening to somebody um, emote the emotions that they're feeling are two different things. Right. And, you know, I don't know when they're going to have that, but hopefully they're going to have that soon. Yeah. There was in the school committee meeting, uh, Doug Gutro brought that up um, mm -hmm. and, and the mayor talked about it. Um, they can't do it live. Um, they would have to tape it, I guess, at, say, the high school. Mm -hmm. There are other solutions. Emily Lebo said there's an acoustic problem. So there are other solutions, and we talked about it today. Like, yep. Why can't they use the, the city council chambers? They could. And maybe queue up downstairs and let they them could in do, a few people at a time. They could do the same thing that they did at the high school when people came in with tickets. You know, you have a yeah. ticket, we'll separate you into eight different areas, keep you separated by a certain space, 
And as your number gets called, you can go in and, yeah. and speak and at it's open live. And it's live. And um, I think it would be safe. They could do it on Zoom if they could not do it in person. Right. And we did it with city. We did it on the city council. Over 100 people came. Yeah. And they were heard. If there's a will, there's, there's a, a way will. to be able to do these things. But to suggest that, you know, we can't get it done or we, no, we can't do it live. I, I do believe they're going to do it. I think that the, um, I do believe that the the school committee that were in attendance on Monday night, and I know who was in attendance. I know um, Emily Lebo was in attendance. Frank Santoro was in attendance. Um, Tina Cahill, our newly elected school committee member who will be actually sworn in on in January, was there in attendance and Kathy Hubley. I know that um, Doug Gutro and Courtney Proteos are are out of town, so they were not able to attend. Um, Tacky Chan, uh, State Representative Tacky Chan, Senator Keenan was there, and Noel Devona was there for a short period of time and then came and joined the council meeting. Yep. Mm -hmm. But the mayor was not. The mayor was not there. But those are the elected officials that were there. And I think it was eye-opening. If you were to ask any of them, they, they would tell you the same as what was reported in the yeah, newspaper. I think the overall feeling from what I've read... Mm -hmm. And some some parent, most parents and students said the tensions at the high school are, are longstanding, and the district response needs to be comprehensive. Mm -hmm. I think I think um, Techie Chan also had a statement in, in the newspaper as well. Uh, yes, he did. It said uh, it's very clear it wasn't just one incident. Chan said it's important to bring attention to these issues. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand from from the parents that I've been talking to, that since school started in September back in person. There have been 11 incidents of, of race or sexual orientation um, since the beginning of school in September. And then just a year ago at Quincy High School, they also had another, um, they had some other social media issues with sexual content that was going on as well. So these are multiple things that are happening, but they're all based around the same problems and they need to be addressed. Right. It's, so it's not just a few incidents. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the culture. Mm -hmm. And then the mayor today... Tuesday, uh, spoke on Joe Catalano's show. Mm -hmm. Joe asked him if he would like to address it. Uh, he said he would. Mm -hmm. he, and he went on to say the vast majority of the kids do the right thing every day. It's not acceptable. And he said, I don't know if the schools have to be responsible for every action a kid takes. At some point, family has to exact some responsibility. Mm -hmm. Schools are being held to a tough standard here. Can't control everything, particularly outside the classroom. And then Joe asked him, do you think the re response from the administration has been appropriate? And I'll play that clip now. Mm -hmm. Do you think the response from the administration has been appropriate? I think it has. I mean, there were a number of things the system has done since these uh, issues popped, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. And, um, you know, outside agencies were brought in to assist. Round tables were held. Meetings were held. Forms were held. Uh, no, I, I think we've been very responsive. Um, there's no, you know, there's no cure for ignorance or evil, Joe. I mean, we can do everything we can to minimize it, but uh, human nature is flawed and, and stuff's going to happen. And, and I think we appropriately should react to that and uh, handle the situations. But, you know, when the human nature, we're not perfect. And there's always going to be some of these challenges. And, you know, for some people to blame the school system, I see it, it's just absurd. Yeah. So, you know, there were there were forums and there were um, there were a lot of the things that was mentioned, but action didn't come from that. Usually when you have those types of things, you're recognizing some of the problems that you have and deriving solutions of how you're going to be able to solve that. As Principal Tagliari said, there are micro micro issues that are happening that are not being addressed. 
I believe they probably were exposed in some of those things that they were talking about. Um, and when you say blaming the school system, it's if the if they're not if these students aren't being heard and the issues are not being heard and they're festering, the problem is festering. It is going to boil over, and that is what's happening. And you know now we're at a point that although maybe some of those things were happening that the mayor has said they didn't they didn't interact they didn't make any changes in the culture and that's what needs to be done right and you it comes just from bury the bury your head in the sand and, and pretend it's it's not happening or it's yeah. not happening here yeah and the other thing you can't say is you know you, you might want to say the student is being ignorant but or the you know evil the the words that are being used but action has to be taken you have yeah. to listen and you have to show empathy and you have to show want to change Right. And it starts by the top. And, you know, if you have to be able to have that ability to see that these kids need to heal. And if you listen to what's happening, everybody would want to help these kids. Yeah. And if you don't address it, and like you said, let it fester, I mean, it, it pops up in the news, you know, every month, those fancy apartments aren't going to get filled. <laughs> That's the People aren't going to want to come here. The unfortunate part is, is that, you know, I said it before, Kevin, and we, you know, th- we had it at the council chambers, a hundred people came. 100 plus people came and this administration said he didn't listen to any of it, that we don't have a problem. And if you didn't listen to it, then you certainly wouldn't think there was a problem. And, you know, we're doing all the right things is what he just said in that that, that outlet. But, you know, we're having the forums, we're having the discussions, we're hiring the agencies, but we're not implementing any of the changes that any of those people are suggesting. And the superintendent is acknowledging there's a cultural problem. There's a cultural problem. So everybody's suggesting this. Um, and we need help. And, you know, where's the help coming from? Yeah. And then he went on to talk about um, Jesus Christ and the golden rule. And, and he thinks some of these issues in society as a whole have, has been an erosion of the faith system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I believe everybody hasn't. They're entitled to their faith and to their religion. Yeah. but we're, th- Or no a, faith. Or no faith. But there's a, there's a separation of church and state when it comes to these things. There's a public school system, and you you, you can't rely. That's external. Just like it, it, it's everybody's family is different, and everybody the way they believe is different. Yeah. But that's not going to solve the problem. Going to church isn't guaranteeing you that you're going to treat people. No, I know many people who yeah. are that that are that are very religious. that don't treat people very nicely. Yeah. But the but the but the point of that is that that's not that's not. The underlying problem. The underlying problem is that there are problems within our schools that are happening, and that this, the administ- the, this, the the school administration needs the support to be able to implement those changes and to acknowledge them and to listen to what the issues are, so that we can teach the students how to respect each other, and that there be a zero tolerance when you walk into the school system for treating somebody with dis- with disrespect. Yep. And Saying things in the hallways, treating people is disrespectful, and using certain language should not be acceptable. And I would, I would suggest that, you know, Superintendent Mulvey probably shouldn't have been the highest ranking official in that circle. No, but, but he, he shouldn't come, shouldn't have, the mayor shouldn't have come out three days later. Yeah, well, I think, I think, honestly, Superintendent Mulvey, I, I, I applaud the fact that he was there yep, and that I he do was so. doing that. This is not an easy, his, his role since taking over superintendent, his, his role as superintendent has not been an easy road. He has been met with challenge after challenge after challenge, and he has stood up and tried. Yeah. And that's, I can say that that's more than what some most people have been doing. Yep. Um, so then Joe asked him um, if he's had a report from the uh, mayoral commission on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And let's listen to that clip. Mm-hmm. 
Have you had a report yet from the mayoral commission on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, I don't probably time to check in with Council Kang to see where they're at. I know they've been meeting regularly, uh, but I haven't uh, received a report yet. No, correct. So he hasn't checked in. They've been he, meeting regularly, but he, he hasn't checked in. Any, any, this is Tuesday. <laughs> so, yeah. And and I, I know for a fact, though, that some of the people that are on the, um, the commission were, some of them were at the, the meeting on Monday night, um, but he hasn't checked in. Right. That's, that's disturbing even more. You know. Yeah, and and I've I've listened to his podcast. You've mm -hmm. listened to his podcast. Mm -hmm. He thinks some of these social injustice issues are made up. Mm -hmm. so, so I mean, that's where it starts. It starts at the top. He's got to he's got to come around. It's the twenty first century. Things have changed. So you can you we can look at this as a national thing and say it's made up. Whatever he wants to think is made up. This is happening in our community. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to look at the national news to say this is what's happening throughout the country. This it's not about what's happening throughout the country. It's what's happening here in our community, in our city. We had a social justice and equity meeting at the council. A hundred people came out and voiced their concerns about how they feel in our community, in the city of Quincy. These students are coming out and telling you how they're feeling in their community, in and their he, schools. And you didn't want to institute the department that the city council unanimously mm -hmm. unanimously passed, mm -hmm. right? No. And thinking he, that those problems aren't happening here. They're not happening here, but they are. They are happening here. And even more so, what's frustrating is um, the Esther money, which is just like the ARPA money that we get for the city side. The Esther money is the federal money for the schools. And I believe he just hired two people, one for North Quincy and one for Quincy High School, to help students determine alternatives to college. So kids that don't want to go to college, maybe they might want to go into the military. Because or, guidance counselors push them into colleges. Because guidance counselors push them into colleges. Um, so the kids that are not going to Quincy College can go into something else. Yeah. But here's the thing that's really upsetting. He could use the same ARPA money and potentially hire somebody that would have diversity and equity training yeah. at both of those high schools that could start helping the dialogue be changed and change the culture. Yeah. Or And we've talked about it, uh, talked about it with a parent when mm -hmm. we were out for a walk, you know, mm -hmm. um, social media specialists in each school that could monitor things that are are happening outside the school building that will mm -hmm. definitely impact the school itself. Yeah. And this parent was talking to us because they were saying, you know, when you ask some of the principals, you know, did you see what's going on in social media? And they say, we don't, I'm not on social media. Yeah. And you know, if your principal's not on social media and you don't have somebody monitoring the things that are happening on social media, how do you protect the environment that you're teaching in? And how right. do you, how do you, have a zero tolerance to the things that are happening. I'm not saying that they should be they should be tracing every kid. I'm saying you should have a good pulse of what's happening because bullying is happening on social media. Things are happening on social media and they're your students and when they walk into your schools, they are there and should be respectful of the culture that you're creating. And right. if you're not creating that culture, then that's where the festering will happen. Right. So and do you know what time it is? It's hard to be kind of humorous. I, <laughs> I do. It's 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 listeners me out, but this this whole this whole subject has been tough for me because I, I have a lot of sensitivity when it comes to our students in Quincy. Right. Yeah. And the parents and the families. You were once on the school committee, I hear. I was, I was on the school committee. And you know, I, I have a lot of respect for the people that work in our schools too. Right. So So we did get a, a bunch of mail regarding other issues. <laughs> But we're going to confine it to, to this issue, of course. As a parent of three children, two who have graduated from Quincy High and one in middle school, my experience is that the 
Schools and the school department need to be more proactive when it comes to student social media instead of reactive like they are now. If the racist video in question was taken when the student was in middle school, the question is why was it not dealt with by the middle school? If the middle school did not know about the video in question, but the students did, then there is a problem. The other question I have is why did the boy who confronted the student who made the video feel the need to do so? Why was it that his reaction to confront instead of talking to a teacher or parent about the video? Kids need guidance and leadership. Without it, they will fill in the blanks, and I believe this is what happened here. Mm -hmm. Social media is not going away, and schools need to, to, do, to be better than their student body at navigating it. There is a disconnect with the schools and their student body. Why doesn't the QPS have more of a social media presence? They should be using Twitter and Facebook, created blogs, student podcasts, include social media links on QPS websites. Schools engaging in social media is not new. And then she says below is a link from the National School Public Relations Association, which I'll include in our notes. Mm -hmm. And then she makes some really great points there. And, and the fact is, is that that video was out and it sounded like the principal knew the video was out and the fight broke out much later. And the issue that I have there is that they didn't have anybody to go to and talk to. And, and this is the festering of a problem when you know something is there. Well, if they think no one's listening mm -hmm. and, and the student's just going to get a slap on the wrist, then yeah. they're, they're, like she said, they're filling in the blanks and they're, they're reacting. I mean, that was, that was a horrible video. Yeah, and it was and, a horrible. And that student took it into their own hands. They shouldn't have, if you saw it, it was brutal. That um, student, the, 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 the student that, um, that got into the fight was on the news later saying that he regretted his actions and the way yeah. he, and the way he handled that, but he didn't have any direction or guidance and the schools need help in being able to navigate those things. Yeah. And it is just disheartening because there's two, there's at least two students that their lives are going to be forever changed because yeah. of this. And, and taking things in your own hands physically is, is not, the, it's never the answer, never the answer. So this is from Liz. Dear Ann and Kevin, thank you for helping keep us informed on local issues. I'm writing about the recent incidents of racism in our community. Quincy was all over the news on Friday for the student walkouts in protest of racism at Quincy High School. I was at the protest Friday morning and no one there could make a, a case that the students were looking for an excuse to get out of school mm -hmm. work. Um, I'll stop there because I, I did go on, you know, comment section of the globe. Mm -hmm. And even the ledger, which never really gets a lot of comments, but there were there were people on there saying, you know, what what could be so bad? They're just looking to get out of school. Hmm. I don't um, think they saw the video. They didn't see the video. <laughs> yeah, on the um, context. Yeah. And then she goes on. The emotion and passion in their voices was palatable. Most of us parent allies were brought to tears. The young people are desperate for us to get it right this time. They have been asking for us to acknowledge racism and do something about it. I have been involved in the citywide PTO's equity, diversity, and inclusion subcommittees for years, and we have been working hard to bring the issues around racism to the forefront. We need more voices with us. We need parents and community members to stand with us as we work to change the culture in the schools. We need everyone to be part of the, part of the solution. We can't let the students down again. Yeah. And I think what's really sad here is that I think the one thing I will say is we do really have great families in Quincy. Some of those families didn't know what their students were going, 
were going on in the buildings. They didn't right. realize that their students weren't going to the cafeteria to eat. They didn't realize their students weren't going to the bathroom to use the facilities they because they were scared. They didn't realize that racial, that, that racial slurs were being said in the hallways or sexual overtones were happening. They weren't aware. And, and if you're not aware and you think everything's going great, you, you wouldn't know. But parents were finding this out and they're, they're really they're upset. Yeah. And they were really upset. And quite honestly, we do. We, we do. We have a lot of great families and great kids in the, in the Quincy Public School System. But we have a lot of pain as well in the community. And we have to deal with that. And I know that people will deal with it in the right way if we have the right kind of conversations. This isn't blaming one person over another. It's about listening and understanding what is happening in our community and how we can be better together. Right. So uh, that does it for this show this week. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll be back next week and uh, we'll probably talk about this again, mm -hmm. but we'll try to talk about some other issues going on in Quincy. So uh, thanks folks for listening. We tried to do our best. <laughs> this was a tough subject. This was a tough subject for mm -hmm. everybody, but you know, be good to each other out there. Yep. Thanks. And that does it again for this week on Save Thanks everybody. Thank you.